My name is Isabella Johnston, and I am the Intern Whisperer. And today's Intern Whisperer tip of the week is it's about leadership. Remember that a boss ensures that you understand your work while a leader supports and guides you through it. The biggest difference between a leader and a boss is that a, a good leader, a good leader inspires people and makes them excited about their work. Whereas, you know, the leader also should motivate them by letting them know the importance of their work. Bosses don't necessarily do that. There's not that same exchange of a relationship in the workplace. Hi, so welcome to the Intern Whisper. Our show is all about innovation, careers, and the future of work. And today's guest is Charity Wright Golden with the Lipstick Network. She is a growth strategist, a podcaster, an executive coach, and a founder of a global network community, not network, of of well, for women by women. And I could not be more excited. Welcome. Thank you so much, Isabel. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Oh, so we met at Synapse. I believe it was in Tampa. Yes. And I remember I was talking with your husband and the other business partner over there, and I met you, and it was like everything just faded into the background. You had so much energy, and I just went, oh, I have to know this woman. Oh, I'm, I'm honored by that. Thank you. That feeling was definitely mutual. I feel like the, everything kind of fogged out and we just chatted and connected and so many synergies and value share. And it was, uh, it was a great conversation. It's good to see you. Oh, thank you. So we usually kick our show off because we always talk about education, innovation, and future of work. That's the whole layout of the show here. But I asked my guests five words that describe you and why those five words. And then when you're finished, I'm going to tell you what five words I would have used to describe you. Oh, mercy. Okay. So it's, um, I am not a succinct person. So when this exercise came through in your email, I was like, oh, my mercy. So here goes nothing. So mm -hmm. one, one loving, mm -hmm. two seeking I'm very curious. Three, inclusive. Four, hopeful. And the last one is a hyphenate. So work in progress. I love those words. Why those words? Oh, mercy. Well, charity actually means love. So it's caritas, caridad, agape. Um, and it actually has roots about it in love. And so um, my mom named me that. And I really, um, for me in my faith walk, love is patient, love is kind. I really try to be those things. I obviously fail every single day, but I have a genuine love and curiosity uh, about people. I want to know where they came from. I want to know their journey. I want to know how they think about things. So that kind of piggybacks on the seeking part, that curiosity piece, um, those two in tangent. And it, and it yields the inclusivity. So I've been blessed. I'm from Plant City originally. I grew up in a very small, homogenous town. My family are strawberry farmers. And then my mom, who worked for jobs as a single mom, uh, let me go to Manhattan for undergrad. And literally my whole world just expanded. I said to my mom, I said, mom, I know who I'll be if I go to Miami, which was my other option. And it was a full ride. And I was so blessed by that. But I said to her, I said, mom, can I go to New York to see who I can become? And that was it. And so I had 
friends, have friends all over the world. I've served in the Peace Corps in Bulgaria. I lived in Madrid. My eldest daughter was born in Singapore. So I know what it's like to um, live in, in, in Singapore and be the minority, right? And, and have people look at you. And I know what it's like not to speak the dominant language. And for me, um, being inclusive of where the people come from, how they think, who they are, the language, the food, the culture, the music, the faith, all of that. It just makes life so much richer. I had a mentor said, you know, I want more people in the tent, right? And so I'm like, yeah, let's get all the people in the tent. And, and it'll, I'll answer this later, but like my, I want my life to be about connectivity and um, loving. And so there's that helpful. Um, I'm a glass half full kind of person. So sometimes things, I mean, we just got, we're kind of done with the pandemic. Uh, you know, there's still some strife all over the world, right? But I'm really hopeful that if we can continue to see each other, love each other for who we have been created to be, whatever those talents are, whatever those obstacles are, if we can not fake it till you make it, but really embrace that, that gifting, those talents, those passions and pursuits, then we all know and have that um, mindset of abundance that anything is possible. So, you know, Isabella succeeding and doing well and what she's been called to do, charity and what she's been called to do, you know, and it all just trickles out. So that makes me hopeful. And then last is a work in progress because man, that self-critic is brutal. Um, I'm a little bit of a self-sabotager and or have been, and I'm really trying to work on that. I'm trying to reprogram some, my father's not in my life. And so I really struggled with, am I enough? Like my dad didn't love me. He left, am I enough? And, and so really just the work in progress of, yeah, I am because of who I am, not necessarily what I do, but hopefully how I make other people feel when they have a conversation with me. So that's why. That's a, a beautiful story that you just told. And I want to thank you for that because it was just, I don't know if you realized it was a story, but it was crafted so well from birth to some of the in between the meat of the sandwich and then how you're you know, that raw side of like, oh, am I enough? And don't all women struggle with that? Ooh, Isabella, that is, that's a whole bottle of wine. Yeah, we really, we really do. And um, I know we'll get into this a little bit, but I'm, I haven't arrived. I think what's so powerful is if we as women can really give uh, a creative place and space where we can come vulnerably authentically versus having arrived or all figured out. If we can really say, hey, I'm really good at this, but I am on the struggle bus with X, Y, and Z. Help me. Help mm -hmm. me um get the tools or the resources or just somebody to babysit my kids because I need I need a, an, an hour to take a nap or go for a walk or whatever so um I received that thank you it's just that's just my my story <laughs> I love it so the words that I thought of when I first met you and and to me it's kind of significant and I feel like it's a it's important for us to realize how we come across to others. And mm -hmm. I think you're going to like this. Um, I definitely saw you as, as definitely a, a woman that was very dynamic mm -hmm. and powerful in the best possible ways, because you left me feeling like 
I was uh, seen and that I was also heard. And I appreciate that so very much. Um, I also saw you as somebody that was fun. You were just so much fun. I just remember that we laughed quite a bit. And I think it was only like, I don't know, five, seven minutes that we spent together because I had to run back to my booth. But I definitely went, okay, she is a lot of fun. Um, I also found you to be very positive. Mm. And I think that that was important too, because again, it kind of goes back to the same things that we uh, struggle with, right? Is, you know, how are we, are, are we enough? Yeah, definitely. And then uh, a woman of faith, because we had talked and shared some of our, I tell people I'm a Jesus girl with a, a potty mouth, but my goodness, you know, you were just right there and um, I didn't feel any type of judgment or anything like that. So you really, your, your walk is truly there. Thank you. Oh, Isabella, that is, um, I'm, I'm really humbled by that. It's really life-giving. Thank you so much. I'm, yeah. It is my deepest desire that that you would feel that way. And, and I felt so honored that we could really connect and, and just be ourselves, right? Like mm -hmm. be ourselves to one another and um, be received in the best light. Like we giving people the benefit of the doubt and being open to what they have to say and to, to what they have to teach, right? And, and you have so much to teach me and and I'm I'm so excited about this conversation. So I'm really humbled by that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, okay, so now we jump into this next part. Tell us how, you know, from your, wherever you want to start in your educational journey, sometimes people go back to when they were five years old and they started whatever their first job was, but it can be from high school, it can be from college. How did you get started in your career and how did you end up where you are now? Okay, so uh, lightning round. Here we go. Uh, so I'm I'm a Plant City girl, and I was actually on. Um, I'm a Hillsborough County baby. So I went to Armwood High School. I was the cheerleading captain of varsity team, ran track, played golf, graduated salutatorian. I was also the student government president. So I'm a local girl. I <laughs> killed the game. Um, it was amazing. I loved my school and my community, and um, really was uh, service minded and and had was friends with everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. So then. Then I moved away to school. I went to Barnard College of Columbia University, and I literally showed up on the first day of university with pigtail braids, overalls, and platform flip-flops. Hey, y'all, I'm Charity Wright. I'm from Plant City, Florida, the winter strawberry capital of the world. And people's jaws dropped, right? They're like, who is this chick? <laughs> and so, so that's where it started. I majored in English and um, double minored in political science and dance history. I was a dancer and wanted to legitimize that. I fell in love with the power of language. I actually started out as pre-med because since I was five, I wanted to be a pediatric cardiothoracic surgeon and it's have my five. own. <laughs> yeah, at five. five. No, I'm sorry, seven, seven, excuse me. Okay, seven-year-olds seven yes. even know those words. I'm so surprised. Well, listen, I'm a, uh, curious, right? So I wanted to create a hospital that if you couldn't pay for your child's surgery, you could be the executive assistant or be on the custodial staff. I just wanted to get people the best care that they need and knew that that took a village to make it happen, right? And so um, anyway, organic chemistry, my freshman year kicked my ever-living tush. And I was like, okay, thankfully, um, I took an amazing class in English, the power of language. Um, I've always had that bent. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to law school. I'm going to be a human rights attorney. When I did my study abroad in Madrid, I literally went to a 
a hum human rights conference where the king and queen of Spain were there, like all of these people from all over the world. And because I was a student, I attended this four-day conference that literally changed my life. So after undergrad, I worked in corporate litigation, doing mergers and acquisitions management for four years. And the truth is, is love the law, but it was too slow for me. Mm -hmm. And so really prayed about, okay, God, I'm, I'm not happy. What do you want me to do? I read the purpose driven life by Rick Warren did the, did the 40 days. And I was like, okay, where's my epiphany? Where's my miracle? Where's my path? Nothing came. Then four days later, I was getting off the M8 bus from alphabet city where I lived and on Astor place, which is a very busy subway stop in Manhattan. And literally like it felt like a god download going through my brain peace corps and isabella i literally looked around thinking well, someone has said that and there was no one around me mm -hmm. so i applied it took 18 months i got into bulgaria i was a spanish speaker because of my time in madrid but they didn't have a job in a Spanish-speaking country for the Peace Corps. So I went to Eastern Europe, didn't know where Bulgaria was, but went to Eastern Europe as a community and organization developer. I started teaching hip-hop to girls um, because they were the ones who were open to me. And what I did with that is I taught those girls to hopefully think outside of the box. I picked up a chair one day during dance practice and I chucked it at them. And, and they, you know, I was like, I even love, I like grab it. Right. Um, and so they grabbed it and I asked them, like, what is that? And they said, well, it's a chair. And I said to them, I said, well, didn't I just chuck it at you? Like it was a ball. And so we choreographed a dance with their help to take this thing that had been used and looked like one thing, but it could be used for something else. And I just encourage them because there are a lot of like deep, there is a lot of deep racism in Bulgaria, a lot of Eastern Europe for the Roma gypsy minority. And I had a mixed group of girls. So I really wanted them to question what had been shown to them for their whole life and say, maybe we can do it differently. So that started I also, Abi Bay was my neighbor and she wanted to, as a Roma woman, she was not allowed to have a job and just in the community, no one would give her a chance. And so she said, I just want to make, I want to start my own business because I want to be able to buy my son diapers. She was my neighbor. So I would see her hang up her son's disposable pampers and dry them out in the sun to reuse them as many times as she could before they fell apart. So at that time, I was, again, English political science and dance history. And I'm like, how am I going to help this woman? Um, so I went back to business school. Bulgaria changed my life. The Peace Corps, I always tell people, when you retire, go do it. It's the best 27 months of your life. I will do it again. Um, my husband already knows. And so went to Thunderbird School of Global Management for international business. Back to the global component, right? I'm a little country girl that now speaks three languages and lived in four countries. And the global perspective, the nuance of culture, language, food, music is, is so deep in my my soul that I wanted that to be a part of my education. So business school, I started, a, um, I started consulting in business school and I really fell in love with people sharing with me where they were, the good and the bad, 
and then their vision of where they wanted to be. And because I am my brain, when you do the Clifton Strengths assessment, I'm strategic, belief, ideation, activator, and positivity. So my mind starts to kick, 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 kind of work like a little spider web. And I'm like, okay, well, how are we gonna get this done? I was able to help clients in business school activate on the vision and give them steps to how they needed, who they needed to talk to, who they needed to hire or fire or what they needed to redo to get them to their goals and their vision. So that's where it started. Um, incorporated my growth practice, Charity Golden Growth, almost seven years ago. And that's that. And I don't know, launched the Lipstick Network in December. So trying to have the macro of the inclusivity where I get to love all of these women on a global scale, but then having my growth practice that we can go deep because it's important to go deep and it's important to, to heal the things that need to be healed so that we can really step into the fullness of who we've been created to be. Mm, I agree with that. Do you have any type of a spiritual component to what you teach? Because I do. I do. So it, so it's, um, it absolutely in my practice, it's always bespoke. Uh, people know where I stand. I'm not really uh, shy about that. And depending on someone's comfort, I will either pray or send Bible verses, or we will just talk about who you've been created to be. And, um, you know, I, I really think that that's like the work of the Holy Spirit to, to bring answers and enlightenment. And so I really try to be love and truth and power for my clients and for their people, because as you know, Isabella, we don't speak enough life into each other. We just don't. It's been this culture, especially for women of competition. And, you know, there's only one seat and, you know, da, 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 especially for minority women. Right. And so um, what is your practice? Like, do you have a faith component? Tell me about that. Um, so I use actually in my logo colors, I have black, white, because I see everything and, you know, there's right and wrong. Um, I use the color gray because, you know, that's the world we're in. There's, oh, there's a reason. And then um, the touch of red. Red is my reminder of who I serve. That's mm. Christ. So it's the blood of Christ. I have prayed for people in our opening in, inside of my company for people. I talk very openly about the fact that I am a Jesus girl, but I have a potty mouth um, on the air. And I've had plenty of people that have shared their uh, stories about Christ in here. So while my show is not a Christian show, it is definitely influenced by that. Yeah. But it's open to all different faiths because not everybody is a Christian. But I, I always hope that my actions and my words, even though it's a potty mouth, um, I don't say them at somebody like, oh, F you. I would yeah. say, oh my gosh, Charity, what an effing great idea. I love that. So <laughs> I don't know, I don't have any type of a problem with saying it. I don't think, I, I think that God just kind of sits there and goes, okay, well, I understand where you're coming from, but like, you know, well, but I also think that I get grace and that's ah, what the there world you is. Go. Well, listen, I mean, he knows our brokenness. I, I feel like Jesus may have said shit a time or two. And again, I don't, maybe not, maybe that's heretical, but, um, you know, for me, God knows your heart and, yes. um, 
I think that we, you know, we need to steward well our language. We need to steward well, but you know, from your heart comes, comes your words. And so I really pray about, I know a lot of people that have never said uh, one single quote unquote bad word, but there's hate in their heart. There's judgment in their heart. And so I don't know. I just, again, back to the, Hey, are you loving God and loving people? And there's so, there's so much dynamism in that. And there's so many factors that go in that. So back to your point earlier about let your, letting your actions speak. Right. I mean, I proof is my mom says proof is in the pudding right? You know, how you treat people is where it is. Um, and I think that's great. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've not often been asked, you know, what my, my belief system is, but I do hope that what people see, and I absolutely believe this about you is that they don't see me, that they see Christ. They see Christ in me. Yeah. Amen. It's my, my prayer, my prayer. Mine. Um, and fun fact, I think I mentioned this to you when we met is I also was an English major. Yes. I also wanted to go to the Peace Corps. You actually did it. I did not, but I taught in the public school system, which counts. That's a, that's it's service in and of itself. And listen, when you retire from all this fabulousness, you, I mean, you're never too old to go to the Peace Corps. I'm telling you, we had five married couples who were leaving 30, 35 year careers and they brought such wisdom, richness, nuance, their kids and grandkids came over to Europe. They got to travel. They learned another language. I mean, sign me up. Peace Corps, I'm coming back. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And my work has always been in nonprofit and education and training mm-hmm. learning. And I think that those types of roles are often um, underpaid for what we do. Oh, honey, listen, I am like on the Finland model. Like what are like Finland? Tell us how you, I mean, it's a living wage. My cousin is a PE teacher. My first cousin is a PE teacher and his wife uh, just got teacher of the year at Beavis elementary last year. And, and I'm like, I don't know exactly how much they make, but I'm like, you guys, she wakes up at four 30 in the morning. She drives 45 minutes. She gets home at five, five 30 in that crazy traffic. And it just is, and then she's got to do grading and she has, and she teaches children, um, who have IEPs. So she's got a mixed group of kids. And I'm just thinking, my Lord Almighty, where she needs uh, so much more support and resources. And um, so, yes, that is, <laughs> let's, let's reform the education system. I don't know, man. Yeah, it is one of those things. So I appreciate that you shared where you went to school. That was really uh, an interesting part of the story too. And not enough is uh, recognized about having a liberal studies background, I think it makes you more really well-rounded and you're more thoughtful communicator, I think. I think so too. It's really giving a taste of all different. We had to, we didn't have set courses, but we had, you have to check these boxes. Like here's these like eight columns and here are six choices in each. You have to do all of the columns in each or two or three in each column. And you can kind of pick that, but it really, again, my mind is a strategist. I want to be able to think 360 degrees around problems and solutions and people and all of that. So I geeked out girl. Oh my gosh. I love to learn forever a learner. I love it. Well, I think in this day and age that we're in, obviously you have to be because my goodness, you open up uh, some, one of your platforms, you go, Oh, looks like there was an update. Didn't read the terms and conditions should have. (laughs) 
yeah <laughs> they like to those now what that's details i gotta i'm working on my details i'm not the detail person but i'm yes you're right that's that would details yeah so let's talk about what the lipstick lipstick network is please where did that inspiration come from how did it get started what is this little empire it's probably not little big empire is that you have and how can we get involved oh oh my goodness i'm so tickled um thank you for asking that question so literally seven years ago in business school i read this book entitled the stiletto network and it was about women investors but they were they were on they were pockets all over the country and these were women who i was in manhattan right so women in corporate america in manhattan were like blazer suit very lean in very much like dressed like a man these women in the stiletto network were wearing leather pants pop lip which i always wear a pop lip you know and uh, leather pants big stiletto heels and driving red lamborghinis and these women were unapologetic and i just thought yeah rock and roll because i'm a little bit of a rebel although i'm a good girl like i'm i like to rage against the machine and i because of our faith conversation back to those God downloads, it literally just whoosh, the lipstick network. And I was like, Ugh. so I went on a uh, GoDaddy or some network solutions.com and search the lipstick network.com convinced that of course someone hasn't and no one did. Mm -hmm. And so I snagged it and trademarked it and it's mine. Now it was a promise gifted to me seven years ago that I have been praying over trying to refine for the last seven years. And it's probably about two years pandemic, but also fear. If I can talk about that for just a second, I have been so afraid for the last probably two years to put out into the world, my guts. Here is my calling to love, connect and empower women all over the world. I have prayed about that. I have fasted about that. I'm like, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Like I have two little girls. I loved being a mother, a stay at home mom, but it was, I, I wanted to do more. I wanted to show my girls that women are more than one thing. There is a season for all things. And I would not trade or bargain that season of focused motherhood for the, for any of any of the money and not however. And I wanted to build something that made women feel loved, seen, powerful, connected, no matter their job, no matter their season of life, old, young, executive, uh, working class. I don't care. I want women to know that they are exactly who they've been created to be and that they deserve support and nurturing and celebration through all of that. So in December, 2022, I put my guts out on into the world and said, the Lipstick Network is a global community of legacy-minded women. We are unapologetically authentic. We are vulnerable and we uplift as we climb. I desperately want to challenge and re- I want to challenge the culture that women are each other's competition. I was raised that way. I was an athlete. I've always been competitive. 
but I see what it has done to us, Isabella. It has kept us siloed and segmented versus united and optimized. For me, us coming together, it's like, do you remember Captain Planet? <laughs> All the little rings, but then, you know, our powers combine Captain Planet. And I just think that if we challenge culture and see the beauty and strength of each other and collaborate like you and I are doing here today we change the world like the world gets changed through love and joy and gratitude and having abundance and shushing away that scarcity mentality it's in our culture it's an American thing it is um so that that is the lipstick network I'm on a mission for women um, to connect them. It's, and it's, and it's not about me. It's not charity golden's gang of girls. It is the lipstick network because there's nothing that tickles my heart more than seeing at sassy book club, these 12 women who've literally never met giggling and being silly and giving advice and speaking life into each other. And I, I don't say a word but I create a space and I give women permission to be themselves, which we don't always have a place and space to do that. So that's it. That's the lipstick network. Yeah. Safe space is always a good place. I love that. Thank you. Okay. What is this sassy girl club? I want to oh, know. So it's book sassy club. book club. So sassy book club, please come. We're having, oh gosh, I got a uh, May. It's a Sunday. I think it's May 22nd, I think. So what we do is, so it's a spin on a traditional book club where everyone reads the same book. Listen, I have too much ADD to do that. And I invite everyone, all of the women to come with whatever books or podcasts that they have recently read or listened to. And then we go around the circle and we just share like, oh, hey, I listened to um, Monica talked about 40,000 weeks. So in your life, there are 40,000 weeks, right? So if you live to 85, it's like 40,000 weeks or something. Wow. And she talks about, she goes, at my age, I'm over. 20,000 weeks. So what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. And so she got to share about that. There was another woman who shared about, um, I'm glad my mom's dead or, or something, like something like that. I, uh, it's kind of a brutal, but it was talking about some real childhood trauma and having to work through that once her mother had passed and the narcissism that went through that. And then we had, um, someone talking about like the hunger, not a hunger games, but like something silly. And so it's just come again, come as you are with what interests you. There was another mother whose child um, uh, is on the, the spectrum for autism. And so she brought a neurology, a neurology book about how the brain works and was really able to give some great examples. So we just talk to each other and drink wine while we do it. <laughs> Very nice. You're in Tampa, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in Tampa. I'm in Tampa. Okay. I do take flights to New York and and um have you know done some curriculum there and hope to go to California and honestly um go to Spain in the next year to really just love on some women that are in in my network in Spain. So so your organization is global. It is, yes. All right. So how do we get involved? 
Yes. Okay. So thank you for, you're so thoughtful to ask again. I didn't answer that. The lipsticknetwork.com. Um, please go sign up to receive our newsletter. Um, we're actually hosting every quarter. We do a quarterly summit. And so on June 6th, it is 6-6. We had our money, our money summit on March 3rd. Our summit on June 6th here at Embark Collective, which I'm sure you're familiar of, oh, is I about vi vitality. And so we're talking about health, talking about wellness. We're talking about safety. I'm actually having um, a jujitsu master come and teach a trademarked program by Gracie Jiu-Jitsu entitled Women Empowered. And it is a 10 course um, workshops teach women how to how to defend themselves. And it's not just, you know, throws in that, but it's, hey, I see you, you need to stop. And so setting boundaries, right? Verbal boundaries of, hey, you need to stop right there. And so if someone continues to progress towards you, you know that they are crossing a boundary for some reason. So mm -hmm. language, right? Um, and then we're talking about, and, and then I have a feng shui master who's also interior designer bringing vitality into your workspace. And Dr. Carrie Zemanski is going to talk about leading with laughter. And so when, when life's hard, works hard, how do you get back to joy and gratitude so that you can laugh? And Melanie Lippman is coming to talk about your wardrobe and not just you should have this and that, but what makes you feel confident, strong, powerful from the inside and then choosing the clothes on the outside. And so there's some other little um, surprises that are coming along too, but that's June 6th. So would love for you to come here in Tampa, but we also have a virtual ticket um, for everybody in the world because Lacey's in Germany, you know, um, uh, Igwehi's in California, these women, Dara's in New York, you know, um, these women that I want to connect with each other can attend as well. So very nice. Now, this is like a Zoom type of event, it's like a video. Yes. So in person in Tampa, Embark Collective, it is in person. We're actually going to do, it's going to make it like a ladies night vibe. It's from four to 8 PM. And so there's dinner and wine. Um, it's a networking event, getting to share about your business and your vision. Um, or, Hey, I'm a stay at home mom. And I really just want to be around other brilliant, supportive women. Right. I, we have those too, right. You don't have to have a company to come. Uh, and then if for the virtual attendees, it is on zoom. And so, we have a uh, community there as well. And anybody that attends gets the all of the digital assets. So we have these amazing panelists, Lucia Cantor-Sainamore, who's the VP of UN Women. She was our subject matter expert in March around negotiations. So we always focus these summits around what we call the triad of empowerment, and these are the three pillars of the Lipstick Network. And what I think differentiates us from other communities is one, it's we do professional development, two, personal growth, three, practical support. So mm -hmm. it's head, heart, and hands, all of it, a holistic support, empowerment, nurturing, celebration, and love. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank I think you. that there's got to be a little bit of challenge when you're doing like, I can imagine that somebody in California is going, but I want to be eating dinner and all of that. So you must encourage them to, hey, hey, bring your dinner, bring your wine, sit down and 
participate. And maybe there's a moderator even for the online group because it's a little hard to mix them. Oh, it's totally, it really is hard. I've actually, thank you for bringing that up. I'm, I'm super open to any suggestions and from you or your audience. I really, um, what I'm thinking about is if virtual women register, how can I get them? I'd love to send them a bottle of wine, but look, good Lord, like <laughs> that's the, the shipping, but I'm thinking about a, a, a beautiful sachet of tea and little like a notebook so that they can take notes with us. I really want them to feel connected to Tampa. And my hope is, is again, I'm only, it's only five and a half months old publicly, but I would really like to host the next summit elsewhere. And so really cultivating that community there. Uh, the Lipstick Network is a global model. So it is a global local model. It's a little bit different from like having chapters because um, it's not a franchise. I want us right. to all be it, united and, and supporting each other. So it's, it's a global model. And I'm, I'm honestly refining that. But back to that Zoom connectivity, any recommendations you or your audience have would be a super blessing. Okay, so I do have some. Okay. And, and that's one of those things. Well, keep in mind, we're recording it. So you can always go back. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Don't have to worry about taking notes. Oh, okay. But- um, one of my guests that's going to be coming out before your show is John Chin, and he is the master of engaging virtual meetings. And he has a whole book about it, but I've just started reading his book. But these are the things that I've done when I have my teams and we're always doing, you know, within my companies, I go, okay, so we usually do business in the front and we party in the back end of the, the thing. But I w- we would have cocktail hours and everybody brought their own cocktail and we would have some music playing through our, our um, we used Skype at the time and we had music playing and then we would just sit around and we would chat. So that was the easiest way for like when people were first coming into the room. Um, the other thing that we've done is have dinners. Now you mentioned getting a bottle and it is very expensive, but what you can do is just send, they have all of these great Um, services that are online where you can send, hey, here's $10. You can have either Yelp sent, you know, bring them lunch if you want, or Uber Eats, whatever, and a list of places where they can order from. And I've done that. That's super helpful. But sometimes you don't have a budget for that. So you might share a recipe and say, hey, we're all going to share the same, we're going to eat the same thing. So here's a recipe, make it, and then let's sit down and enjoy this meal together. Oh, I love that so much. That is my most favorite idea. That's super, super. And maybe like a, oh, like a cocktail, like, hey, you know, here's like two little cocktail ideas and um, that we're going to have a that. Yeah. You need somebody that's kind of like a mixologist. Yes. And, yes. And have them create a cocktail specifically for the the lipstick network. And yes. then everybody has that cocktail. And so it's- oh my really- gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this. I have so a much. lot of ideas of how you can make this super good. So let me know if I can be on your board or one of your oh. people, okay. you know, that's also presenting. I know I'm not probably a fit for the health one, but like, Oh, listen, first of all, it is, listen, I, I would really, I'd be honored if you came to see and to feel I do. it, like, I want to. please come and feel it. And my whole thing is if, 
come and see what the Lipstick Network is about. And if we are not for you, that's okay. There is a community out there. Go find your community. Mm -hmm. The life and remote, I know we're kind of get into like remote working and stuff. It's so isolating. I think that people, especially women are so in need. I'm in need of community, right? I had a girlfriend of mine. She said, give what you need. You know, instead of be like me, 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 it's like, give what you need. And the truth is, is I want to build this place in space so that women can come as they are, because I want to come as I am and be in community and uplift each other and catch each other. And so, um, yes, please come on June 6th. I would be honored and would, would absolutely love to talk to you about all of the things that you mentioned. <laughs> mm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm not sure. I think I'm supposed to be in New Orleans at that time, but oh! I'm going to look it up and see. Okay. okay. We're going to jump to some other fun questions here. Ma'am. So what is the hardest lesson that you learned that changed your life? And because you walked on a campus with pigtails and then what did you say? High top flip-flops and uh -huh. overalls. I'm going, yes, what? that mm -hmm. was amazing. That took a lot of guts to do. And because people kind of look at you weird, I think that you are just somebody everybody should be paying attention to. You are a great role model. Oh, it made me cry. Um, thank you. I'm, I'm, I, it's been a long time coming. I'm 38. I'll be 39 in August. And so shout out to my Leos, but, um, I really struggle with comparison. I really struggle with the shoulding, right? I should that self-critic, right? I mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, I've always, kind of not worried about the trends and the fads and all these sorts of things, but you know, what felt good to me. And I'm really trying to get back to that very secure place and space of I'm not for everybody. I'm, I'm loud. I am very positive. I'm always like this. Like this is not podcast charity. This is charity all the time. Now I do get tired. I do get sad. Like I'm not on any uppers, but I, I'm because of my mother and her being a single parent working four different jobs, seven days a week so that her children could have a chance at the dream of college that she never had. Um, what is the hardest lesson that I've learned? I mean, I really struggled with this because I think I'm still learning it, Isabella. Hmm. I think I'm still learning it. Um, I don't ever want to have it all figured out because then I'm not curious. Then I'm not stepping out of my comfort zone. I think that I was in a really bad relationship in college and he tried to make me small and I, I allowed that, right? Because I loved him. I allowed him to say negative things to me about me and really let go of who I knew I was. And so I think I've been clawing back, like, who am I? Am I enough? Like, what am I good at? what is it okay to say confidently with humility, but with confidence of like, Hey, I'm, I'm like, I see people. I'm really good like that. Hey, I'm actually a strategist and my mind is super brilliant. I put people together and solve problems and companies and I make money here and, da, da, da. and being able to say that with confidence, um, 
that doesn't come off as haughty. And so I'm still learning that hardest lesson of, of know yourself, encourage your, your, your people in your life, your children, your, your uh, friends to know themselves and embrace those quirks and those um, eccentricities and be that in the world because there's only one you and the world desperately needs you. So yeah, I'm in work in progress. Fifth word, work in progress. Yeah, sure enough are. We all are, right? Yes, ma'am. What would you want to be remembered for? Ah, uh, you know, I, so I have two little girls, six and four, right? And so I want my girls, I'm building this for them. And I said, I want all little kids all over the world to know that they have a safety net of aunties and uncles. It's really, it's, you know, it's not just about women, it's allies of, of strong women, strong, equal households, access to education and jobs. Like it's all about like that equality and, and celebration of that. So I'm building a network of, of safety net to catch kids to, to, before they fall so that they can go to school, they can get a job, they can, have these human rights, truly. So I want to be remembered for connection, curiosity, and collaboration. Mm, I love that. Three C's too. Oh, I'm going to write that down. Yeah. 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 Well, this is a good time to do that because we're going to take a break and okay. then we're going to come back to the second half of our show. Transcend Network helps early stage startup founders find product market fit through weekly experiments receive fundraising support, and build a global founder investor network for edtech and the future of work technologies. The Intern Whisperer is affiliated with Employers for Change, and we thank Transcend Network for being a sponsor of our show. And we're back to the second half of our show where we talk about the future of work and what does 2030 look like? Now, I tend to follow way too many shows that are about the future. And when I say that, I'm talking about like Black Mirror and I talk about these on my show quite a bit. And then there's <laughs> the future of that's on Netflix. And then you just pick any of the other things that are coming up, you know, um, those are the things that capture my attention because it builds in there just because we can do it doesn't mean we should do it, right? Aha, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So what do you think 2030 is going to look like? Okay, so it's 2023, seven years. I like to orient myself like that. I'll be 45. Um, what does the future of, of work look like? Pick a country. I mean... I think we will continue to operate in a remote space. I think that um, the traditional models of towers of opera, like companies, it will always be those big figureheads, GE, Citibank, uh, my firm, Simpson, Thatcher, and Barley. There, there will be those big towers, those big Walmart, you know, whatever. But I think that innovation and um, entrepreneurship influencing in these like micro spaces. I have a, a dear girlfriend who's, who's a social media influencer and her family, they're in the travel space and her husband's been able to join their family business where they travel and curate all over the world. And so having these two 
this husband and wife team and their three girls being able to go and live their best life, what they've been called to. They value travel. They value different cultures. People really, the future work for me, I hope and pray is people being able to create work and make money based on their values. There's a lot of recently, um, how to live a rich life by Ramit, New York times bestseller Ramit. Oh, forgive me, but it's on Netflix. And my husband and I just finished it. How to, you know, uh, how to live a rich life. And it's not about money. It's about what is your rich life? You know, is it travel three months out of the year during the summer? Is it, you know, this or that? So for me, I, I hope and pray that the future of work will look and reflect people's values. Ramit Sethi. Thank you. Yeah. And he was fantastic. I looked it up. Looked yes. It up thank you for looking screen. that up. Yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to click with my keyboard. So <laughs> yes. And it was, and it was really fantastic. I think it was like six or eight episodes. Yeah. Like 30 minutes. And it was really life-giving. It was about the psychology of money. And, and so I think that the, the, the future of work too, will have people asking themselves really tough questions, like the psychology of work right? Why do I do this? And I, I go into this with my, my coaching practice, my growth practice. It's like, why are you doing this? What are you called to? Um, you know, are you operating authentically? Dr. Martha Beck wrote the book, the uh, way of integrity. And so if you are working and operating outside of your integrity, right, your strengths and your values, all these sorts of things, your body, your physical body actually gets jacked up because there's not alignment, right? And so we talk a lot about that in the Lipstick Network, and that is a key component of my growth practice. So my hope the future of work is people can start, can stop faking it till you make it or mm -hmm. hustle and grind. I despise that. Um, I work all the time for the Lipstick Network. And the more I work on it, the more life it gives me because this is what I've been called to. And so my hope and prayer is that people can pay attention to what they're gifted in, what they're good at and curious about. And if it is working for a big corporation, they can do that with authenticity and integrity. Mm, that's really good stuff there. Yes. What do you think... Okay, you can pick any one of these. Okay. What are your thoughts about remote work, on-site, flexible, any of those? Do you want to just spotlight, touch on all of them, but, you know, it takes some more time. And I have a few more questions for you. So okay. I would I'll say be... pick one. Okay, pick one. Ooh. Okay, so, so I want to talk a, a little bit about, so I think that blended is really good. Um, I, again, I'm creating a network of connection. I want my life to be about connection. So I really am, ex I would, I'm really looking forward to when these companies who are like, come back into the office. A lot of the companies that my friends work for that are requiring that are led by old white men. And I'm sorry to say that, like it, but, but that is trends to be the old, you know, because they put so much money into the infrastructure of these big towers with the big names on the kiosk and all these sorts of things. So I get it. And I have compassion for it. That being said, 
that is no longer the world that we live in. And so what I look forward to is instead of a company building a 27 foot story building, they allow people to work remotely with flexibility, have a global footprint, and then spend that infrastructure money to bring people together once a quarter, twice a year, for all hands, team building things. I do think that communication and community and personal connection is absolutely crucial. We are desperate for those touch points as, as human beings, right? And technology has really um, disconnected us to a hug or a handshake or go glass of wine. So I hope that the money that was put into traditional infrastructure can now be brought to the 21st century of blended remote global work. That's a really thoughtful answer too. There's a lot of people that feel the same way. And mm -hmm. I also understand there are some places, which I'm sure you agree with that have to be because you have to go into hospitals. Okay. hundred percent. Yeah. Fire department. Or manufacturing and all these sorts of things. But what I would love to see is is work and maybe this is the future of work is is creating a place and space for people to not just be employees but to be people and so you know having a monthly happy hour where you know if you're in a manufacturing you've got your earplugs in and you've got your goggles on people don't get to talk to each other so much and and really trying to foster camaraderie and community bring your family bring your spouse bring your partner whatever it is and really be able to um i don't know connect yeah i like that idea too okay what do you think about robots? Pick any one of these. Robots, AI, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, virtual reality, holograms. What do you think the technology will be more like in 2030? Oh, man. So, okay. I'm going to leave the ethical dilemma for AI. <laughs> Yeah, but that's I, our I, last question. That, okay. That's our last um, question. So I'm actually really interested in, and I might be having it wrong. Maybe it's augmented reality slash holograms. I would absolutely like beam me up Scotty to Mallorca, right? You know, an island in Spain where one of my best girlfriends lives. And we, I could literally just quote unquote sit in Tampa, but be hologrammed or augmented in Spain and really facilitate conversation and connection and see people's face because I'm I'm an I'm an empath, right? Like I marry EQ and IQ together really well. And so being able to read body language and and see how the women are seeing each other and all that. So uh sign me up. Who has that company? I will invest because I think that or think about children who are from developing economies, you know, and their parents and their aunts and their uncles all put their money together to send their child to the West, Europe, here, wherever, to get a job. It would be amazing if these children could be augmented back home for your dad's 75th birthday and, and um, these sorts of things. So I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful. It'd be so weird, right? But so cool at the same time. And, and I think that would be neat. Yeah, pneumatic tubes that either move people like at the speed of light or like in Star Trek, 
Yeah, right. And then the particles you, you appear. Scotty. I'm down for it. I was I was a Trekkie. You know <laughs> what? Even before the um, Star Trek came out, I think they stole that from the Wizard of Oz. To be careful, to be truthful, because if you think about it, in the Wizard of Oz, that's what happened to Glinda. You know, a little ball of particles coming down. You are hundred percent correct. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Always, so, always a woman doing it first. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. Okay. So ethical dilemmas. Now let's talk about that. What ethical dilemmas do you see with all of this? Because again, if you go and watch Black Mirror and there's another episode that came out another year and they're dark and they're scary and it raises those questions, but I think that there there's a place for them. Because it does mean that people may not be thinking through the the things that we create. What is the impact on the full impact that can happen? Um, I would be really, I'm really curious about how you think about that. You know, AI, I have, as an English major, as we're both, you know, English language arts majored, right? Um, language matters. And I don't. I'm teaching my, you know, my six-year-old has just learned to read. I've got a four and a half-year-old, you know, we're teaching her to read. I want her to know that words are powerful. They evoke emotion. Like I look at that as, as a very personal thing. I want them to find their voice, right? Literally, like find their voice as a, as a person and then be able to communicate and connect through language. And so um, I know that AI, my my branding executive, she's a ninja. She's like, just use it as, hey, hey, AI, um, send me an outline for the top 10 articles, top article topics for women empowerment. And like AI will manifest that um, and create that. I really struggle because I know that that is a more efficient use of time, but I really meditate, pray on, ask for guidance around my women and what will speak life into them, what will all of that. And so that just feels more organic and authentic to me. And so that's where I'm at. I'm going to kind of, I know it's not efficient. I know I'm not going to post as many things as someone who uses these tools, but that's okay because maybe I, I'm, I'm this one thing and they are a different thing. And, and I want to have grace for that. The competitive is me is like, Oh, I'm original and authentic. I'm, this is better, but that's just, that's not true either because information is power. And if AI can help get more information to people, that's cool, but I'm going to stick to the quality over quantity position. So here's something to think about because I've watched how a lot of professors are using it and they're encouraging their students to, um, to use open AI in the writing process because it's pulling so much information that is out in the world of, of all of our browsers. Right. And it's taking the good stuff and the bad stuff. There's this place where, yes, go use it. So it's similar to doing brainstorming exercises. I'm sure you had to do it. And we would make clusters and circles and we would create these little clusters, brain clusters together, right? And so I feel like that's really where OpenAI has moved to is being a research tool to help you get started. So if I asked OpenAI, give me a, a mind map of, uh, ideas on how to have a better virtual meeting, right? It would produce that. It would produce some ideas for me. 
And that's a great idea. It's, it's just like having this verbal conversation that we're having. It doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. It just means that it's a tool to be able to get the brain juices moving. Now, there will be some people that will be lazy and think that it is just like when we got the internet. <laughs> it's like, well, it's on the internet. It has to be true. Well, just because it's an open AI doesn't mean that it's true. So there's always right. a place where we have to go and fact check it, do the <laughs> research. So you're still developing those research skills. You're still using it as a launching board, just like in brainstorming, however a person does that. And then you can, because I play with it and break it. I like to break it and say, how many parameters can I give it before it's going to go? And then it helps me to learn. And then I can also see, like, I'll Google thing. Well, we, we would say Google. So now we're going to say we're going to chat to find things out. It's the same principle. And I, I, I check myself. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I, I did a pause. So it was, it was deceiving for sure. <laughs> I did this whole uh, search, OpenAI, and I asked it to create an article for me. And I said, pull citations from something that I had written. And I wanted to see how, how good it could do. And it didn't do anything probably any better than me. In my search, it's just faster searching. And I listen, I don't, I think that that's, so for me to help, like, can we have a conversation? I know I want to be mindful of your podcast time, but, you know, I think that that is such a cool tool. And also what I am concerned about is I have enough issue with instant gratification that I think if we teach children not to use that muscle of inquiry and that inquiry is hard, they it's, it's lazy. Like it's, it's, if you've not been made to go to a library and look through um, a digital and go find the book and, hey, I'm really curious about manta rays, these muscles of inquiry, people don't fact check themselves. I think there are fact check their resource. I think that one of the, the, the whole crisis of misinformation is people read a headline or they read one article and they take it as gospel because it affirms where they're at because we have not... Um, we have dismissed and um, diminished a culture of, uh, an, excuse me, and a discipline, really a discipline of inquiry, research, conversation. Hey, Isabella, you think about this. I, how do you come about that, right? You know, where from your upbringing makes you think that? Charity, where do you come from? Um, Milena from Bulgaria, like, how do you come about that? And so I'm hearing you being able to say like, hey, find me these citations. I think that's super cool. But I, I do, I'm really concerned about the lack of, of discipline and the lack of exercise of that muscle of inquiry, because it is like a posture of curiosity, which I know you have, me too. It takes time. It's not just about talking. You have to listen. Mm -hmm. And technology taking away that two-sided conversation and just giving you an answer or all of the answers. I don't know, man, like use, use the power for good. I, I'm all for it. Like use the power for good. But I, but I do, I hope we don't continue to disengage. That's, mm -hmm. that's my thing. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think it's a part of what's been happening in all of these industrial ages, because maybe you didn't uh, grow up in a time where people had to go to the library and use a card catalog, which people don't generally know about, and look up the sources and then go to the bookshelf and pull the book off of the shelf and then read it. And then the internet got invented. And so now we didn't have to go to the library. We could just search for it and it would find sources. And so now we've gone one step further. Now we don't have to do that search. It can actually pull from those sources and, and put something together for us, but it does not replace a human. The ability to take that so it doesn't sound so sanitized, it doesn't sound generic, it's going to sound like a real person wrote it is yeah. the skill that we're talking about. Well, and if I can just uh, give a little plug really quick, I took last summer Yale uh, School of Global uh, Scale School of Management, their business school. They have an executive education program that I that I was enrolled in. It was very rigorous. I had, I mean, I had to like study and do a lot of work to get my grade. Is their whole thing was it was about women in leadership and their value proposition. They said this last summer before all this AI blew up. They said. As AI becomes more and more advanced and dynamic, you as women, we want you to tap into leverage and optimize your emotional intelligence, which AI will never have. And I think that women have been undervalued because of that emotional intelligence. I think that men who are emotionally intelligent have had to damper that down to do X, Y, and Z. And so again, as AI takes over, maybe that's the future of work too, is really stepping into and becoming intuit of our, with our emotional intelligence, intuitive of others mm -hmm. so that we can, you know, let the machines do what they do, but let people feel and see and, and, and um, assess and analyze and all of that what is what is innate in us right so i mean that's kind of cool let them like that's hopeful back to my one of my words being hopeful right <laughs> yeah yeah i like it <laughs> okay so we're on the tail end of the show uh, what is the best mentoring advice that you want to share with our listeners and just so you have a framework as to what our listeners look like it is anywhere from about 22 it's not college age it's typically out of college 22 to um, 65 plus. We have all different industries. We're a little bit more heavy on the ma male side than we are on the female side. So there you go. What would you want to share with them? So what I would say is never, never, hmm. I've been really thinking about this. So just like so many different things. Cause again, my practice is bespoke, but what I have seen is um, if something's not resonating, if where you're at is not resonating with you, if your job is not resonating with you or this company, do not ever be in fear to learn something, try something new. If you have responsibilities and bills to pay, I'm not saying quit your job, but if you have a posture of curiosity and inquiry, talk to people that are there. 
Um, I know that's not revolutionary, but I think sometimes we think, oh, I'm a certain age. I've been doing this for 25 years. I've made X number of money. And there's a lot of fear associated with that. I think especially for men, because as of now, they are, they are generally making more money, predominantly the breadwinner of households. And I would, I would encourage you to, to really think about, okay, I'm not an enjoy. I'm not, I'm, I'm sad to go to work every day. I just don't want you to be afraid to reinvent yourself, um, to try something new and be patient with yourself in the process, right? My grandfather, who recently passed, said, can't teach an old dog new tricks. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such crap. And I don't want to be like that. So I want to encourage, be thoughtful, um, you know, be be thorough in your inquiry of self and your investigation through others. But do not ever allow fear to make you small or to make you um, puffed up because you think people see you a certain way or you've been a certain way. I just want to encourage, I guess, men especially to be themselves and invite your partner, your spouse, your whomever along in that journey. I truly believe that it takes a village to create workplaces, families, communities, where we all fill in each other's gaps. So I guess that's the one B is invite people along in this journey, be vulnerable enough to say, hey, I'm curious about this. I want to try that. What are your thoughts? Can you help me? Right? Like, can you help me? Will you give me your time? I need your help, right? We all need to get our minds around that like help is such a beautiful beautiful virtue and being able to help someone and receive that help blesses everyone involved and so i guess that's three parts of my advice <laughs> yeah and help is a good word that's yeah. what I'm saying. help is a good word i'm going to give you something else to think about and then we're going to go into how can people reach you so i like that saying you can't teach a dog a new trick yeah, an old dog. It does pick any dog. You can't teach an old dog new tricks because I go really okay. When I went to dog obedience, my uh, my instructor said that dog will be as good as you are consistent with it. So that just to me means that that person doesn't want to teach their old dog a new trick because they're lazy. So their dog will be lazy. So it has no reflection on the dog. It has everything to do with the owner. Oh, I love that. That's good. Flipping it on its head. Look at you trying to break things. I love that. Uh-huh. Absolutely. It's so true. But thank you. <laughs> okay. receive that. <laughs> How can people get in touch with you? Because what I pulled was your website, your uh, the lipsticknetwork.com. We have your personal LinkedIn. We have I went to your website. We pulled your Instagram, your YouTube, your podcast. Um, anything I forgot there? Well, so thank you. First of all, that's so thorough. Thank you for your um, research and investigation. So it's the lipsticknetwork.com for the community. That's the same on an Instagram, the lipstick network. My growth practice is charityrightgolden.com. That's mm-hmm. also the same for Instagram. Uh, you have my LinkedIn. 
pot, uh, YouTube is the lipstick network. Um, yeah, that's it. My email is charity at the lipsticknetwork.com. Or if you're interested in go growth practice, um, offerings, it's charity golden growth at Gmail. So thank you for sharing all of that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's been delightful having you as a guest. I look oh. forward to your episode. It airs in June, June 6th, just so you know, so you can put really? that. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's the same day as my vitality summit. That's amazing. There go. Look at that full circle, Isabella. Oh, oh very very cool. good. All right. Well, it has been delightful. I look forward to a continued friendship and the opportunity to visit you in Tampa. Embark is a beautiful co-working space. So um, that's, you know, just more value added getting to meet you and ooh, cool space. Cool space. And I have to just give a shout out to Lakshmi and Ali and Jen and the whole team over there. They're doing phenomenal things for entrepreneurs here in, in Tampa and the tech space and startups and, um, you know, the Vinick Family Foundation, you know, uh, that facilitating that, you know, funding that. So um, definitely for anybody who's curious about entrepreneurship and startups, check out EmbarkCollective.com because it's an incredible community and co-working space and lots of resources for people trying to build things. So um, Isabella, thank you for having me. I'm so honored and blessed. And this was really fun. Oh, my pleasure. All <laughs> right. You take care. All right. You too. Ciao, ciao. We want to say thank you to our sponsor, Cat5 Studios. Thank you to our production team, producer and editor, Josue Gonzalez. Music is by Sophie Lloyd. Be sure to visit Employers for Change at www.e4c.tech to learn how you can create real diversity and inclusion culture while skilling your people for the future of work. Thank you for supporting The Intern Whisper by subscribing to us on Podbean or our Employers for Change YouTube channel, or stream us from your favorite podcast channel.